Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Join me as we head into service. Today, we are going to ponder a question that is millennials old, millenniums ago. This question was asked, what is truth? And I can say that in my lifetime, this question has never been more relevant in this generation. What is truth? Let us pray before we jump into the word of God. Our Father and our God, we thank you for the privilege of sitting at your feet. I pray now, our Father, and our God, that you would enlighten the eyes of our understanding, that you would open up your words, your word to your people. Give us understanding. Give us new insights. Sanctify us now through the truth. Your word is truth. In Jesus' name we pray, and by him we give thanks. Our text today is coming from the Gospel of John, and we're going to read two verses in John's Gospel, chapter 18, verses 37 and 38, and it reads, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I am come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, He went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Jesus is being brought to trial. He stands before Pilate to be judged for accusations that had been made against him, claiming that he blasphemed and called himself the king of the Jews. As Pilate was trying to find out if Jesus said what he was accused of saying, he asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? That's an interesting question. It is akin to the question that Jesus asked his disciples as he was entering the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked them, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they answered, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, John the Baptist, or one of the prophets. He listened, and then he said, but who do you 
say that I am. The purpose of this line of questioning for the disciples and for Pilate was to get to, do you really know who I am? Or are you basing this on hearsay? Jesus knew that he was on trial and the people had falsely accused him of something, but now he's one-on-one with Pilate and he's trying to reveal himself to Pilate. But Pilate, in asking this question, what is truth? Obviously was not interested in the answer and it's so true in our generation. It is hard to know, to discern truth from a lie in the age of social social media, so many blogs, so many different sources of, of information, depending on what network you watch. It frames or shapes or has the potential to shape your worldview. And what happens is it creates tribalism where people go into their tribes and they only hear what they want to hear. But the truth isn't about that. The truth is the truth, whether I like it or not. The truth is absolute. It is unmovable. The truth will stand when everything else passes away. Jesus said, my word is going to stand. When heaven and earth passes away, my word will stand. Not one jot or one tittle is going to pass away. But everything that is of the truth will stand and come to pass. What is truth? The Bible says when Pilate had said this, he went out again to the Jews. So in other words, he didn't wait to get an answer. He wasn't looking for insight. He wasn't searching for truth. He was trying to judge the case that is before him. I would to God that people around the world would seek truth because as Jesus said, they who are of the truth can hear his voice. If you're not of the truth, you can't even hear his voice. And without his voice, you will be wandering like a ship without a sail. You will be confused. You'll be susceptible to the prince of the power of the air who transforms himself into an angel of light. So if Pilate wasn't interested in truth, but yet he asked the question, and then he went out to the Jews and said, I find find no fault in him at all. Was he setting Jesus free? No, he wasn't. Was he absolving himself? What caused him after asking Jesus these questions and hearing Jesus saying, yes, you say I'm a king, you say right. Based on what Jesus was on trial for, that was like an admission. So if Jesus says, yes, I'm a king, you're right by saying that. Why didn't Pilate go out to the Jews and say, I I talked to him. He just admitted it. We have the evidence. Crucify him. What is it that caused Pilate 
to ask an insincere question based on the fact that he didn't wait for a response, but then go and say to the people, I find no fault in him. Well, we get a little more information in the Gospel of Matthew, verse 27 and 19. In Matthew's Gospel, we find these words. In the 19th verse of the 27th chapter, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, Pilate's wife, saying, have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. While he's sitting on the judgment seat, God is giving his wife information about Jesus in a dream. And whatever was revealed to her was troubling. And she said, this is a just man. You should have nothing to do with him. And so Pilate, hearing that from his wife, said, I find no fault at all in him. Even though, as it were, Jesus said, yes, I'm a king. But the fundamental question is, what is truth? And for thousands of years, this has been pondered. There's, there are several theories about truth, and we're not going to go through them all, but I want to focus on three. The first is the correspondence theory of truth. And it simply says that truth corresponds with facts. So a fact equals truth. Facts are based in logic. That's what mathematics are built on. One plus one equals two. That is a fact. Is, is every fact truth? Well, there are those who believe that that is it. Truth is rooted in facts. But there are those like Aristotle and Socrates and Aquinas and other philosophers who say that truth is mystical. It's otherworldly. It is this intangible thing that you can't put your hands on, but it comes to it. You know truth when you hear it. There's a third. Now, Jesus contradicted that. He said, only those who are of the truth hear my voice. And what he's saying is, he's implying that the truth is in my voice. The truth is in my word. If you don't hear that, you do not hear the truth. And then getting closer to home, secular humanism declares that truth is relative. And this theory, I want to spend a little more time on this, is pervasive in this generation. I remember once some years ago when I was a 20-something just starting out in my career, I was talking in the midst of a group of more seasoned uh, individuals, professionals. And I was very confident about a target I was setting. And they said, call me over, as it were, young fella. Don't do that. You, the, the 
comments you made were absolute. Don't ever do that because you will always be wrong because everything is relative. So stay away from making absolute proclamations. And throughout my career, professional career, I heard that. And so over time, if you're not careful, you believe that. And now it's, it's popular in the culture to say, I'm telling my truth. People have their truth. And I've heard people who I respect a great deal, those who are stewards of the gospel, use the term my truth. And I cringe whenever I hear that because you and I can hear the truth, but we are not possessors of the truth. We are receptacles of the truth because what the Bible says about the truth is that the truth is immutable. The word of God is immutable. It's unchangeable. So it is absolute. There is no relativity in the, in the, in the truth. God, no, no matter what the world says, God's word is true. It stands forever. And even if we deny him, he cannot deny himself. That's why Jesus said, you say that what I say is a lie. But if I agree with you, I become like you. It doesn't matter if the whole world is against what God says. What God says still stands. What is truth? Well, what does the Bible say about truth? In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, 31 and 32, it reads, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth has freedom with it. There is no freedom without truth, according to this text. He said two things. First of all, three things. If you abide in my word, then you're, you indeed belong to me. And when that is the case, you're going to know something. You're going to know the truth. You don't, you're not susceptible to, to fall into the trap of hearing things that sound popular, hearing things that sound good, hearing things that the majority believe and take that as truth. He said, and when you know the truth, you shall be free. You're free from all this bondage that people get caught up in. And even with all the zeal in the world, saying something that is not true and believing it doesn't make it true. You can shout it on a megaphone. You can have 10,000 people following you. It doesn't make it true. The truth is a person. The truth is in the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What is truth? We're living in a time that is so confusing. You listen to something and you think, you know what, this person said it and that person said it, that must, it must have some validity. Then you hear another source and it's totally different. Just go through your news feed and you'll see there are so many things that contradict each other. But in its own 
right. It appears to be true, but it's a lie parading as truth. That is why we need the Spirit of God to reveal to us truth, because anyone can fall into the trap of believing a lie. What is truth? And today, it is as if if someone says something enough times, it becomes a reality. And that reality in the minds of many becomes truth. And then they say it. And then someone else says it. And before you know it, people believe it. And then there's a social media site that reinforces it. Reinforcement of an idea is not truth. Just because an idea is perpetuated, it does not make it true. And I want to tell you, beloved, that we are living in the times where it's so important to know the truth in order to be free that Jesus said in the last days, it is going to be such that we've, I'm going to shorten the days. It's going to be so intense that I need to shorten the days. And he said, because if I didn't do that, if it were possible, if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. Elect of God, those who are chosen of God, those who are called out. He's covering us right now to make sure that we're not deceived so that we can have an answer to the question, what is true? Jesus is the truth. The word of God is true. He sanctifies us through the truth. His word is truth. Let's look at the next evidence that the Bible gives of what is Truth. John 17 and 17 says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them, all those who are going to believe in me through their word. In other words, the word of the apostles. And the New Testament essentially is what the apostles have witnessed of Jesus. And that word sanctifies us. That truth sets us apart from the world. That truth causes us to be called out from the world. And for our sakes, he has made it impossible. He said, if it were possible, the very elect, would be deceived. Many are called, but few are chosen. But those of us who are among the chosen few, he will make sure that you don't allow things that are of the father of lies to penetrate you so much that you follow it and that you believe it to be so. Because when you take in information, it affects you. It affects the way you think. It affects the way you behave. And it affects the people who you hang around. Because in this time of tribalism, there are people who seek out like-minded individuals. Well, in the community of believers, that's actually a good thing. Because those who are of the truth hear the truth, and you want to be around people 
who hear the truth. Because if I hear the truth, I speak the truth. The Bible says that what you hear in your ear, shout it on the housetop. And if what I'm hearing is from the word of God and from the spirit of God, and it's true, those around me are going to hear the truth. Those who I'm around, if they're hearing from God and they're speaking the truth, I'm always in the presence of truth. But on the contrary, with all this stuff that is confusing and that's mixed and some have ha a half-truth and some are outright lies where darkness is parading as light, the question, what is truth? is not only relevant, but it's urgent. It's urgent because so many people who are good people, good people in the sense that they don't go about doing evil, but they're caught up in that which is not true. And so they become of the fold that is not of the truth. And if you are not of the truth, according to what Jesus said, you can't hear truth. And if I can't hear truth, if there's a filter that's blocking truth from my hearing, then I can't understand truth. I won't know the truth. And if I don't know the truth, I won't be free. And if I'm not free, I'm in bondage. And I go around speaking my truth. And my truth is based on my experience. Experience is unstable, although it's real in, the t in terms of reality, but you and I can experience the same thing and have different outcomes. It may be that you have a high threshold of pain, I have a low threshold of pain. We both have an injury that's a grade three. It debilitates me, but you can keep going. What is the truth? about that. We had the very same experience. You are still going. I'm debilitated. If, if everything is relative, then my truth is grade three pain is debilitated. Your truth is grade three pain doesn't stop me. Experience is not truth. Experience is relative, but truth is absolute. It's not relative. I rebuke every secular humanist. There is nothing relative about the truth of God. It's the same for everybody. He said, what I say to one, I say unto all. There's not a truth for you and a truth for me. Because God would be unjust if that was so. The God that we serve is a just God. And his truth is for everyone. It's the same. He's a God who's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Let's look at another example of what the Bible says about truth. In John 14 and 6, a very familiar verse. Jesus said to him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is a bold declaration. In fact, 
the early church was known as the way. The early church was known as the way because they were in Jesus. Are you in the way? There are some people who are in the way as in obstructing the path, but the way of Jesus is a path that's smooth. The way of Jesus is a path that is straight. The way of Jesus is a path that is right. That's the way that I want to be in. I don't want to be in the way blocking someone. I want to be in him, the way, the truth. He has declared that I am the truth. I am the truth. If you want to know truth, know me. That's why he asked his disciples, and that's why he asked Pilate, are you saying this on your own, or did you hear this from somewhere? There's something about truth, beloved, that is personal. You've got to get it for yourself. You have got to get it for yourself. You have to know him, not know of him. He wanted to separate those who knew of him from those who knew him. And that's why he said to the Jews who believe, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Because the word of God is truth. And if we abide in the word and the word abides in us, we can ask what we will because now we truly belong to him. But if I know of him and I do my own thing and I follow my truth, then I'm not likely to hear the truth unless he comes and rescues me. He's got a way, the truth is, he's got a way of rescuing us even from ourselves. He's got a way of stooping down and reaching out and saving us when we're about to be stoned, just like he stooped down for the woman who was in adultery. He's got a way of stretching out his hand towards us. He's got a way of delivering the outcast and the marginalized, of speaking peace into the lives of those who are in turmoil. What is truth? Jesus declares, Jesus proclaims that he is the truth. My prayer for you today is in the midst of all this chaos, in the midst of uncertainty and unrest, in the midst of a public health crisis, in the midst of an economic crisis, in the midst of a global crisis where one million people have succumbed to this contagion, this pestilence, that you would know the truth. The truth is not always in a headline. The truth is in the word of God. And the truth makes you free. The truth is not temporary. It's eternal. The truth is that which we can count on. It's reliable, it's steadfast, it doesn't move, it doesn't change. The truth is not subject to your interpretation or my interpretation. The truth is. 
That's why the Bible says those who come to God must believe that he is. The truth is I need to find him. And if I seek him, he promised that I would find him. But if I am comfortable in my own world, in my own version of the truth, then my chances of freedom are greatly diminished. But the mercy of God, the grace of God is such that he pursues us. He pursues us so that we know what truth is. And every now and then he'll check in just like he did with the disciples and say, who do men, who do other people say that I am? And once he knows and he already knows that we don't get it, he'll, who do you say that I am? And when it comes to the revelation of the truth, he'll affirm it. When Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus said, flesh and blood. First of all, he said, you, son of Jonah, you are Peter. And upon this rock, at the point of truth, there's a conversion that happens. When we encounter truth, there's a conversion. And he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. But he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. There are some things that you can't go through your natural mind. You can't filter. And all those Socrates and Aristotle and Aquinas were great intellectuals, great philosophers. They could not discover or nail down what truth was. They knew that it was from a place that was bigger than them, that was outside of them, but they couldn't identify it because it only comes by revelation. It doesn't come by intellect. It doesn't come through the natural mind. The natural mind can't even say that Jesus is Lord because they don't know him. It's spiritually discerned. There's some things that you can only know by the spirit of the living God. And so until that happens, until there's an encounter with truth, you can actually encounter truth. God in heaven declares that his son, when on the day that John the Baptist baptized him, the Bible says the heavens opened and a voice was heard saying, this is my son in whom I will please hear ye him. He said, hear him. And the spirit like a dove came to affirm him. Together, the Godhead came together, both pointing to Jesus, saying, hear him, Mary, his mother, at the wedding of Get the Cana of Galilee, when they ran out of wine, she said, listen, whatever he says, do it. What she was saying is, you cannot go wrong by following the word that comes out of his mouth. Whatever he says, do it. I want to proclaim to you today that the truth is a person. The truth can be searched out, but it must be spiritually discerned. The truth can be encountered. And with all the clutter, with all the chaos, with all the mess that's happening in our world, the truth can make us free. 
My prayer for you today is that you would walk in truth, beloved. That you would rise above, that God would lift you above the spirit of antichrist that's been released in the world. My prayer for you, beloved, is that when you open your mouth, the words that proceed out of your mouth would be of the truth. And the truth will make somebody else free because you've released truth. I pray that we wouldn't be parrots repeating the things that we've heard that are propaganda or lies or agendas sent by whoever, whoever, because the truth is not relative. The truth is not on the right or the left. The truth is not conservative or liberal. The truth is in Jesus Christ. And we have elevated things above his word. And so that is why this question, what is truth, is so relevant in our time. Because people have become so confused, they can't untangle the truth from a lie. But I come to encourage somebody today and I come believing that the Spirit of God is going to inspire somebody who's confused, who's weighing in the balance, to have an encounter with the truth, to be sanctified through the truth, to be set apart, to be cleansed, purified, and purged with the washing of water by the Word of God. You don't have to be confused. You don't have to be caught between two opinions. Choose this day whom you will serve. It is not bondage to serve God. It's freedom. It's the only way to be free. The world has told a lie to so many people that you, there's no fun in this. You can't enjoy your life because you're so restricted. I come to tell you that the only way to have abundant life is in Jesus Christ because there's an enemy who's telling you a lie and that enemy has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Choose life. Choose life. Choose life. God has given us free will, the ability to choose, and the ways of life and death are set before us day by day. I pray that you would choose life. I want to pray for somebody who needs to make that choice. I want to pray for you that God, through his love, would constrain you, would compel you, would draw you with his loving kindness so that you can testify with loving kindness, God has drawn me. Father, I pray that with your great love, you would stretch out your hand to that person right now, to those persons who need to know that they are loved by you. God, they need to know it. They're confused. They are distraught. Their soul is cast down. Lift them up in quietness 
and in confidence. I ask you to be their strength. I pray, God, today that you would speak to them in a language they understand. I pray that you would reveal yourself in a way that is undeniably you. May they encounter your glory today. May they encounter your presence now. Lift them up. Transform them that they might be renewed in the spirit of their mind. Do this and they and we will give your name the glory and the honor forever and ever. In Jesus' name we say, Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord be gracious upon you and cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May the grace of God be on you and yours for a thousand generations. And may you know that he is with you and that he is for you. Go in peace and go in power. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.